Welcome to Fulfilled. This is Nabs. I'm inspired by conversations, connections, and people. I notice that most of us don't have the time to pause, think, and reflect. Fulfilled is a platform that will enable us to discuss different topics, share our ideas, and most importantly, connect. This is why I decided to create this space. On today's episode, I'm joined by Sara Bikwa to learn more about woman empowerment. Stay tuned for today's episode. Uh, my next guest, I am really excited to have you on board. First of all, thank you so much for joining me today. I am super excited to have you here. How are you? I am good and I'm so happy to be here, Nabs. And I feel like I've known you for years. Like I remember the first time me and you met and we talked, we spent what, like an hour and a half? Oh my God, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It was like one of these soul connections. I was like, where have you been my whole life? Exactly. It was so easy. I enjoyed the conversation. So I'm just so happy to be here and to continue everything we've been talking about. So thank you so much for having me. Thank you. Thank you, Sarah. So what actually led me to check your profile was a very random incident where I was, you know, scrolling through my Instagram page and here pops this lady that's talking about woman empowerment and just giving positive uh, messages to people on your social media and I thought this is someone that I really want to connect with and I reached out to you and you were you know gracious enough to reach back and everything else is history and what I want us to uh, talk about today is your journey and what led you to do what you are doing today so uh, without further ado please go ahead so, Nabs, before I start and I talk about my story, I just want to introduce myself very quickly. So, what I do now is, like you said, like it's women empowerment. I've been on a mission for the past maybe five years now to actually help as many women as possible connect to their own inner power, to find that voice within, to connect with their intuition, to know mm-hmm. who they truly are, to live from a place that's a bit more empowered. And The reason why this became my path, which wasn't always the case, is because I've been through a lot uh, in my journey and maybe still until this day. And everything, every time, what actually helped me go through it in a way that actually helped me become stronger was connecting to an inner power that I found inside myself. Mm. So my journey started like everyone else. Like I graduated from high school and then I went to university. I studied finance. Uh, which uh, has finance (laughs) yeah hang on let's let's just take a break finance (laughs) I know yeah finance and I was actually I actually worked I studied finance I worked as a consultant for Ernest and Young for like more than two and a half years anyway we're gonna reach that point but like oh wow I'm I'm still stuck at I'm just still stuck at (laughs) finance and Ernest and Young okay continue (laughs) yeah so that's like uh, I feel like Nabs most of students and I'm not gonna say all of them but most of the students now this generation is more aware I believe before like I I really didn't know what I wanted to do with my life oh totally yeah like there Growing up, I always had an interest in human behavior. I used to be Mm. a people watcher a lot. Mm. So I would watch people, try to understand why certain people thrived and why certain people didn't and why 
do people behave differently? But I never really thought that this was something that I would pursue in terms of like a career for myself. Yeah. So I feel that most people, when they're still in university, they usually don't know what they want to do. Um, you know, when you can't really kind of make a decision on what it is that you're passionate about or what it is that you want to pursue in life, right? A hundred percent. I agree so much. Like I was actually listening to a podcast yesterday and the guy said something very interesting. He said, if there's something I'd like to tell everyone in their twenties is that the twenties is kind of like the trial and error phase in your life. It's, it's mm-hmm. like a, it, it's like a workshop where you're still trying to figure things out because he's like, I look now at people in their early twenties and I feel like they put a lot of pressure on themselves to find their purpose, know what they're actually meant to be doing. And I was actually one of those people back when I was still in my early twenties or. Oh, I maybe think I was, we all were. Exactly. Like I was maybe in 1920 and I felt like this, this huge pressure on myself that I, I, I need to know what I'm meant to be doing in this life, but it's such a huge decision and it takes a lot of self-discovery to actually know what you want to do in life. Because you know what, Nabs, I feel like what you want to do in life and you knowing yourself are really hugely related to each other. Because how can you make a choice of what you want to do in your life if you don't really know who you are? And I feel like totally. that's that's what happens sometimes when when we feel like the lack of satisfaction, like what I felt when I was still in tax advisory and I was I was a consultant for uh, maybe more than six years. I always felt a lack of satisfaction in the thing that I was doing, but it wasn't the thing as much of as much as it was me taking the time to know who I am, what's important for me, what do I enjoy doing, what am I passionate about, and then bring that into what I do for a living and as a career. And I think that's what your 20s, and I would say a big majority of your 30s is for, is to kind of go through that self-discovery journey. Yeah, 100%. I, I, I believe that we're students, we're always students. Like even when you're in your 40s and 50s and 60s, you're going to always be a student. But I, feel like the, but, but I feel like the transition from high school to university, we're still too young to make such a major decision in our lives. And that's why I, I believe in like experiences and uh, being more exposed to exploring yourself and yourself as an individual because you don't study that at school they don't teach you like you don't teach you who you are to understand yourself to actually discover your potential to do all of these things like you study subjects and then you come out of this high school and what's expected from you is to make a decision of choosing what you want to do for the rest of your life and that's why I feel like a huge part of you being liberated from that pressure is to allow yourself to to go through the phase of trial and error yeah, and experience life, pretty much. Of course. Like, I remember there was a coach, his name was Brendan Burchard. He said something so beautiful about that. He said, imagine I have, for example, like five pieces of candy in my hand. And then I ask you to choose one. And you've never tried anyone, any, any piece. And you're like, you randomly just choose one. And then you stick to it for the rest of your life. He's like, that's exactly what life is about. Like, you need to try different things until you say, oh, my yeah. God, yeah, this is the thing for me. I love it. I'm going to stick to this. This is my flavor. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> this is my flavor. <laughs> That's where it all comes down I to. I love that. So yeah. going, going to your flavor in life. So we're going back to your uh, experience being a younger person, being in university, going into uh, calculus and um, that field. So what happened then? 
So I was actually just studying finance, doing my own thing, being like a reckless, irresponsible university student. And then year two, something happened that actually was a turning point in my life. And um, my dad passed. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. Thank you. And it was a, it, it was a very, it, it, was a, it was a turning point in my life on so many levels. One, because I was so close to him. Um, mm. I feel like me and him were really connected on a soul level. Like he would understand me. I would understand him. It's like it felt so easy around him. And everyone knew that we had a special bond. So it was kind of like he's my person, I'm his person kind of situation. Um, and then I just remember one day randomly, like the night before, he just said, I have a headache. I'm going to bed. Good night. We said good night. And then the next day I wake up on this like loud scream of pain. And I'm like, oh my God, where is this coming from? And then I find my mom looking around the house. I'm looking around the house with her. To be honest, like she's really a hero for, from everything I saw on that day. And my dad basically had a stroke, um, a brain stroke, and he fell. And on the spot, he went into, um, I feel like he went into a coma because we felt like he was unconscious. But then later on, when the paramedics came, they said that he actually went into a coma because he was bleeding internally. Um, was there nothing wrong with him before that like the day before so the day before he just said like i have a headache i feel like i have a headache he took a cup he, he just took panadol it was just something that is just so random uh but like my dad had a history of he, he wasn't really healthy he used to smoke uh he didn't mm. eat well uh so i feel like there was a history of build up let's say and he was in and out of hospitals like throughout the years um, but this time was different. Like I, I've never even visited him in a hospital before because I always felt like I don't want to see him there. I'll see him when he's out and well. Like he, yeah. I, I, I couldn't see him in a situation where I felt like he's weak or it just, it just hurt a lot. So on that day, yeah. um, um, on the day, like he was there on the floor. Me and mom were trying to do the best we can to actually save his life. So it was a very, very tough situation. It, it's like it was like an out of body experience where you feel like and traumatic. I would imagine it's very traumatic uh, nabs and you know these moments when you feel like it's it's an out-of-body experience where you feel like you've yeah. been programmed to live this moment yeah. so, so yeah. I feel like something inside me knew exactly what to do like I called the ambulance I helped my mom uh, I called the neighbors for help I I called my sister to come right away I did everything like by the book it, it was as if something inside me told me exactly what to do and I feel like this situation so my dad went to the hospital and he went in a coma for four days. And this time something inside me said, Sara, go to the hospital, see him. This time is not like every time. And I did go. And on the last day, I remember it was the last night of Ramadan. And it was raining so much. Like it was the first day of Eid. It was still very early morning. It was raining like crazy outside. And I saw all of my relatives coming, uh, wearing black. And I knew on the spot that my dad had passed. Oh, Wow. So this moment now is the reason why it changed me because uh, I was, uh, I'm the youngest in the family. You know, when you see pain, but you feel like pain happens to other people, but it doesn't necessarily happen to, me. to you. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm a little bit teary now, just FYI, because I, I just wish I could give you a hug when you were. Thank you. There, Thank you, know. you. Yeah, like, you know what, Navs? I, I've, I've done a lot of work of me going back to myself when I was, because I was 20 when that happened. And she did really need a lot of hugs from me. Like, she, she had a moment of, I say she, because it's like one of the versions of 
who I am today. You, yeah. Yeah, and I, I feel like on that day, she, she re- it was a trauma. Her nervous system, yeah. definitely, my nervous system definitely shut down. Um, I didn't understand. It was such a big thing for me to handle. But at the same time, after a while, because it took me a lot of time to actually adapt, and I wasn't at the awareness level to work with a therapist or with a coach or a mentor or go for someone mm-hmm. for help. Mm-hmm. So I was actually just mm-hmm. internalizing all of these emotions. Um, and it took me quite some time uh, to actually just sit with myself and be like, what just happened? And there was a question that kept coming back to me, which was, where did I get all the strength to go through this day in the way that I actually went through it and still be who I am today, still be able to actually talk and laugh and smile and be the person that I am? And mm. I, be, I feel like that was my, my journey with discovering my own inner power. And that's why it's a huge part of what I teach now, because... I, I, I do believe that in that moment, it wasn't anything or anyone that helped me go through this. Uh, as much as everyone tried, like my sister, my mom, I thank them for everything. But I believe there was something inside me that actually had my back on that day. Absolutely. Uh, wow. That's, that's, I mean, I just need to take a pause here and say this was literally the beginning of your journey. Yes. And I didn't know that it was the beginning of my journey, which is a very, very important point that I'd like to say is that our journey, because we always try to understand everything that happens to us and we want the answers now, like everyone's always in a hurry. Like I want to understand everything now. I want to see everything now. But I believe ever since that point is that everything in our life happens in divine order. Even the painful situations, everything happens because we need that thing to happen in our life because there's a lesson for us to learn. And it's not about suppressing the emotion and learning the lesson on the spot. It's about just allowing yourself to go through it, to feel the emotion emotions, to actually allow yourself to break down, to allow yourself to go through all of that until you actually come on the other side and you ask yourself, okay, so why did this happen? And who am, who am I today because of that? Yes, yes, that's so true. Yeah, so it took me actually now a couple of years. So after that happened, I went back to university and I started doing everything in extreme. So I studied in extreme. I got straight A's on that in that semester. I was actually binge watching TV. I was I was binging on everything. Like I did mm. everything in extreme because I felt like there was a lot of emotions inside me that I couldn't handle. So I just wanted to run away. And my way of suppression was to do everything in extreme. So to I do just wanted to do everything in extreme. Yeah, I just wanted to run away into anything, shopping, uh, outings with my friends, studying, watching TV. I didn't want a time to be with myself on my own because I didn't know what to expect when I did that. So that took me almost like two and a half years. And then I met Omar, who is now my husband. We've been married for 10 years. And um, I had to actually tell him what I've been through because it was a huge part of of who I am. And uh, I, I did tell him that story. And of course, he's and he's still a wonderful, great listener. But then when we got married, we didn't live in Jordan. So I actually moved away from my family. And I went to Kuwait. And it was the first time ever that I moved away from my family. And after my dad, I got so attached to my mom, because it was just me and her. So I was everything to her. She was everything to me. And we built this attachment that when I left, I felt that I couldn't, I couldn't breathe being away from home. 
And that was the next time everything came up to me that was a reminder of you need to sit down with yourself. Like the universe was actually, the universe actually had to take me away from my family, away to Kuwait so I can actually have a time to sit with myself and feel my emotions. Because the thing nabs with you to understand the lesson from anything you go through, you need to actually work with your emotions and, and to actually sit with them so you can understand what, what message does this emotion have for me? Sure. And, I rem- yeah. and I remember when I went to Kuwait, the first couple of months, actually, they were so hard because I was like, oh, my God, I can't be here. I'm homesick. I don't understand what's happening. And everything started coming up to the surface. And that's when I started really sitting with myself. I cried so, so time, much. time gave you the time to sit with yourself was when you started thinking and processing what was going on. Exactly. Because before I just had this question in my head that said, where did all of the strength come from? But the fact that I was actually hiding from my emotions, I couldn't allow myself to sit with myself to find the answer to that question. So I just kept going and going and going until that moment came, maybe two and a half years later, or maybe even more, when I was sitting in Kuwait in my living room. And I remember this moment as if it was yesterday. I was sitting by myself at night on the couch and I was crying so much. And I said, listen, you have two options. You're going to either either go in a very, very deep, dark hole. And that was me talking to myself. You're just going to surrender helplessly to these emotions and let them take over you. Or you need to start basically getting your shit together and working with yourself to actually know what's happening and to actually help yourself become better. So yeah. that, was, that was a transformational moment with myself because I had to be very honest with myself and to remind and the fact myself. That you actually, the fact that you actually realize that. I mean, a lot of people suppress and suppress, but they don't realize that. You know, Nabs, what helped me actually have that conversation with myself mm. is because for a very long time, I stopped feeling like I was myself. And I always tell my clients that. I say, listen, you're feelings are your compass if you feel like you're not yourself if you feel like you're not okay that's your signal that there's something for you to work on to come back to yourself and to your own balance so i feel like me not feeling like myself for a very long time i had to actually sit with myself and say listen is this who you are and the, the, the answer was no, because it didn't feel like myself. I wasn't feeling good on the inside. I felt like I was so disconnected from myself, so out of balance. And that's why I had this conversation of like, do you want to do this or do you want to do that? And you know what? Mm-hmm. Something also now that's so important is that sometimes we forget that we have a choice, especially when we're going through a very hard time in our lives. We forget that we have a choice. Mm, Be- that's because very some- true. I mean... I'm listening to you and I'm literally nodding the entire time because I, you don't understand how important this conversation is. Yes, I know. Believe me, I know because this conversation that I'm having with you is exactly what helped me basically heal and work with yeah. myself instead of against myself. Because sometimes when we're going, by the way, through through very difficult times in our lives and the emotions are, are painful and we're going through that very deep, dark place, we forget that we have a choice. But if there's one thing that now I keep reminding myself of every single day of my life is that I have a power inside me to choose. Whether it's, whether it's to choose who I am, to choose how I want to act, 
to choose what words I want to say, to choose if I want to actually give myself time to sit with myself or just keep going and going and going. Everything we do in our life, Nabs, is a choice. From the cup of yeah. coffee you have in the morning, how many cups of coffee do you have? To something that's one, so major, two. like, yeah, yeah. Mm. and it's like, if you want two, because you're choosing to have one, two, if it's four yeah. or five, it's because you're choosing to have four or five. So everything in our life, when we remember that we have the power to choose, we stop being victims to anything. We stop being victims to emotions, victim to situations, to circumstances, because we remember that I have actually the power to choose. And what do I want to choose in this moment? And then it all I want comes to, down to that. I want to just stop you for one second and say choices are actually, I don't know why I'm relating them to hope at the same time, because when you, when you make a conscious decision, you know that there's an end way and that end way is the hope of whatever it is that you want to reach. Yes. And I love that point that it definitely relates to hope because it gives you hope that your choices can change where you are now. So that gives you a sense of hope. But at the same time, it's about just remembering in the moment that because hope, so I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to actually, I'd like to pick your brain on that and let me know what you sure. think. Sure, So hope for me is when you wish, sometimes hope has two definitions. It's when you wish for something to happen because you would really wish for it to happen and you're hopeful. And there's hope that comes with the awareness that I can actually create that for myself. Mm. So, there, so there's hope that's just wishful thinking. You're like, oh my God, I wish if that would happen, it would be great if I can actually make that choice. And there's the hope that comes from the fact that, no, I can make a choice now. So there's mm. actually hope because I can actually create that for myself. Yeah. What do you think? I would, I, would fall, I would fall into the second category because... And, and this is something um, that is, again, very interesting because I once read this article that there's three types of people. There's people that are stuck in their past. There are people that are stuck in the present or they're living the moment. And that's the ideal thing to live by. And there are those who are constantly obsessing about the future. And that's what just the way the brain functions. I would personally fall under the future category. I always have anxiety about the future. I always have hope about the future. And I always know that if I'm in the now making conscious decisions about my now, then that will positively or negatively affect my future outcomes. Does that make sense? Of course it makes sense. Of course, it makes sense. So, so coming to, it, for, for me personally, I mean, I can't speak on behalf of, of humanity, but like for me personally and the way my brain functions is for me, it's never wishful thinking. For me, it's always conscious means this result. Doing this, so not drinking coffee means that I'm going to sleep better tonight. Exercising means that I'm going to be healthier and I'm going to feel great about myself. Eating clean means that I'm going to be able to digest food easier, have better skin, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, 100%. You know what, Nabs, you said something really important about the past, present and future. And I believe like this timeline applies literally to everyone because everyone had a past, everyone's living in the present moment and everyone will have a future. This timeline mm. can sometimes work against you if you're just controlled by your past and everything that happened in your past and you keep repeating that over and over again. 
or if you keep just obsessing about the future and you're always anxious about the future. So this time I can actually work with you or against you. Against you if you're in either spec- side of the spectrum, past or future. The way that I like to work with this timeline and I actually apply it in my own life and I teach it to other people is that let's put this timeline in front of you. So you have your present, your past and your future. The best way to work with this timeline is to actually help the timeline to work for you. So for example, what you say is, I'm going to look at my past and Mm. everything that happened, because your past is everything from what happened five minutes ago to what happened 15 years ago. Yeah. So you go back to your past and you say, so what, what happened in my past? If there's a situation that you're going through now that you feel is still affecting you, and then you go through that and you reflect and you allow yourself to take the lesson learned. So you ask yourself, what does this teach me? Mm. The moment you allow yourself to take the lesson from whatever happened with you, that helps you not to recreate the same pattern in the future, right? True, true. So if you go back to your past and you say, so what does this teach me? And then you bring this lesson with you into the present. And then from the present moment, you look at your future and you say, what kind of future do I desire for myself? And you become clear on that. Then you come back to the present and you say, I'm going to take the lessons from my past to help me do something now in the present moment, which so will apply actually... them to the present, which will help the future. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. That makes a lot of sense. Well, thank you for, for clarifying that because that gave me a little <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. assurance is that, that, that I'm on the right path. Um, let's go back to you. So, so where, where, did we, um, uh, where, where did we reach? So where are we? So- so we reached where uh, the point where I was actually sitting with myself on my couch saying, mm. what do you want to do? And mm. I remember the first thing that I did, Nabs, it was such as for, for certain people, they're going to say it's a small step. But for me, it was, it was major. It was that I decided that the next day I'm going to wake up in the morning and I'm going to exercise. <laughs> and you never exercised before? I never exercised before. Like I wow. used to exercise like once every couple of months. By the way, back then I used to smoke for eight years. I was a smoker for eight years, but like that's a conversation for another day. I wasn't healthy. I didn't use to exercise. And I said, you know what? I'm going to wake up tomorrow morning and I'm going to exercise. And I remember I woke up the next day and I put a program. It's called P90X. I'm not sure if you remember it. I, I, I remember it. I remember yeah. it very well. <laughs> Exactly. It was like a, it, it was the thing for quite some time. Like remember P90X, Insanity and those programs. Yeah. So yeah, I yeah, yeah. yeah. So I had the CD. So I remember the next day I put the CD and I started exercising and I started to sweat and it felt so good to just be inside my body. And that was the first thing that I started to do. I left the house because I was this in this new country that I'm not letting myself explore. So I started leaving my house, t- going for walks around the block. I started applying for jobs. And that's when I felt like at least I'm starting to move forward. I'm no longer stuck in the same thing, just between me and my thoughts. I'm actually starting to take action. And that's Mm -hmm. the beauty of when you make a choice because you make a choice and then you follow with action. So I started doing these things and it started feeling really good, but I was still in a job that I really hated, (laughs) to be honest. Like I went, I went from tax advisory and I was like, listen, I love human beings. I'm really like a people watcher. I love to watch human behavior. I just don't want to advise them on taxes. (laughs) And, And really, like the next best thing for me was to 
go into HR consultancy because it's all about oh, human nice. resources. So I went yeah. into I went into HR consultancy. I did that for three years. But you know the consultant lifestyle. I was literally working maybe what twelve hours a day, ten hours a day. I used to come home super exhausted. Again, I was still unhealthy. I started exercising, yes, but I was still smoking. I was unhealthy. I was sitting behind the laptop for like maybe 10 hours a day. It, it wasn't what I wanted to do in my life. So now I started having that conversation of like, what do I want to do? Why am I not happy doing this? And I'm getting the promotions. I'm climbing up the corporate ladder. And please, that's not me telling anyone to leave their corporate jobs. That's just my story. And just how, an FYI, people, just, do just not leave FYI. your corporate jobs. <laughs> please do not leave your corporate jobs. You know why? Because I'm going to tell you now how I made that transition. Um, and so I, I actually started saying, like, what is it? Why am I not happy? And then I, I stayed in this job for like two and a half years. And then I went into in-house HR and I did that for a couple of years. And I, I every morning now I would go to the office, sit in front of my laptop and be like, I just can't do this today. Like, I can't. It's not me. And during this time, I started, I had, I was working with a coach. I started reading about self-development. I, I started like... Uh, Understanding that I, I, have, I have a lot of things inside me that I can discover. So there's an external world, but there's also an internal one. And I started going to that journey with myself, like, who am I? What do I like? What do I enjoy? I started meditating. I started, uh, I started actually writing. I, w- I used to write so much when I was a kid. I, go, I went back to writing. I used to write about my thoughts and what's helping me actually go through my life and And that's when I started my first thing into this journey of self-development, which was a blog called The The Power Within. Oh, okay. What what is the blog? Uh, So is it like a website or what is it? It was a website on WordPress, and I think like only three people read my post, which was oh, like I'm me, <laughs> like me, my mom, and my husband. You know. <laughs> oh my god! I'm gonna be the fourth. I promise. The voice yeah. within. I think that's it's, a song. No, it was called The Power Within. Oh, The Power Within. Okay, I'm going to check it out now as we speak. Okay. Yeah. So it's actually now, it's it's not, so it, it, it evolved and now it's no longer on WordPress. Now it's part of my website. But now it's an Instagram there... page. <laughs> <laughs> and th- that's how it started. It started with actually me writing, writing blog posts that no one ever read. And then I started, my coach was like, Sarah, you need to start doing videos. And then I started doing videos talking about like self-development and the things that I'm learning. And people actually started to like them. And then my Uh, friends... This is honestly what gravitated me towards you is that just seeing your body language, seeing the way you speak, you're just such a natural. Thank you. I feel like I love that. And you know what, Naz, like ever since I was a child, that's the thing. Like the things that we are really passionate about, sometimes we, we, when we go back to our childhood, you find certain things that back then would give you an indication of what you're really naturally good at. I yeah. was, as a child, I was always either reading, writing, or speaking. Literally. I used to talk the entire time. Like my mom would, <laughs> sometimes, I'm, sometimes my mom would be like, please just stop. Like I Can can't. Can you I w- please just <laughs> stop? Exactly. But I never stopped. Thank God. And uh, then when I started doing these videos, um, my friends and friends of friends were like, Sarah, please just like give us sessions about these things. And I was like, what? Um, but I've always been interested in that. And I used to always like look at life coaches and be like, oh my God, that would be great. But you know that voice of doubt that says, no, no, not for you. 
Like you're oh, a consultant, yeah. you're a consultant. This is not for you. You studied finance. This is not for you. You've been doing yeah. like, you've been in this, like climbing the corporate ladder. You're doing great. You have a great salary. This is not for you. So, yeah. so the voice of doubt, that the voice of doubt was definitely loud for a huge per- portion of my life. How did you but, break it though? It, it was by doing these things, by actually just doing things one small step at a time of things that I love without thinking that I need to do this major shift and in my life or just like leave my job now and go pursue this for the next couple of years. I stayed yeah. in my job. And while being in my job, in my free time, I would read books about self-development and spirituality. I would meditate. I would do these videos. I started giving pro bono sessions to my friends and friends of friends. So to everyone that's listening, if you have a passion, it's not about not having enough time. It's about prioritizing the time you have to focus on what you love. Like True. True. that that literally what what it was for me so i used to come home very late but i would still actually i remember <laughs> now if you ask Omar, my husband he would say like maybe for a year and a half i would never ever finish a movie with him because i would be so exhausted doing like working and then like doing these sessions and like doing these videos and reading you were basically the- building your foundation i was building my foundation and i was building my foundation and you know what navs when I first started, it wasn't about building my foundation. It was about believing that I deserve to give time to what I love in my life. And then later on, with building more awareness and this, this seed that I was actually watering every day, when it started to grow, I was like, ah, oh, this is actually growing into something. And then yeah. I started to consciously actually put down the... Uh, the bricks, for example, uh, the, the bricks, like building blocks, they call it building blocks. Like I was actually building my foundation one block at a time. So I started with the videos and then I started coaching people for pro bono. And during this time, what happened uh, with me was that my body started wanting to become healthier just with me understanding my, my mind and my because thoughts Because of the better. journey, basically. Yeah. And it's, yeah. it's a whole like it's a whole cycle, right? Like so, so you're doing self development. Automatically, you're going to tap into health. You're going to tap into mental well being. Exactly. It's like everything relates to everything. And then I was like, oh my god, there's a relationship between mind and body. What's this relationship that makes people want to become healthier when they work on their mental well-being so i studied and then i decided to study with an institution in new york it's called the institution for integrative nutrition and uh, it study it actually teaches you about the relationship between the mind and the body and it says that there's actually two kinds of food primary food and secondary food your secondary Mm. food it's the food you put on the plate and your primary food is actually your your mental well-being your spirituality your self-care routine your relationships your career and everything that is actually off the plate and Mm. this can actually also be a conversation for another day because we can go very deeply into that but this but this actually helped me understand the relationship between my mind and my body and that was when i started officially building the foundation that this is something I'm so passionate about. I'm going to stay in my job. My job became my dream fund machine. I used to call it my dream fund machine because I needed something. I love that. (laughs) I needed something to wake me up in the morning. Yeah. 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 And you know what, Nazak? Because that's what I'm talking about, about making the shift. I'm not telling anyone to leave their corporate jobs, but I'm saying if you have a passion and you feel like you want to pursue it, it doesn't have to be 
uh, an either or situation. Like I, I need to just leave my job now and go pursue it. Like you can actually do both at the same time. Baby steps. Baby steps. Baby while, steps. So building something while you're still pursuing your little, what did you call it? The, the dream? The dream fund machine. It? My the dream, dream fund machine. machine. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Yeah, because every time when I used to go to my office in the morning, I was like, why am I here? And then I was like, yeah, yeah, because this is my dream fund machine. It's funding my exactly. dream. This is going to uh, pay for my bills so that I can <laughs> save my house, so that I can fix, so that I can do whatever it is that I'm meant to do. Exactly. And then actually a year and a half to two years later of me going to work in the morning, coaching and studying in the evening, that two years down the line, I had a good number of clients. I felt like I built a very good foundation that I decided because my body started to give in and I was really exhausted and I was very tired. So I was like, okay, my body is sending me signals that I can't do this anymore. And I've been doing this for two years and I've built a really good base. It's time for me to get over my fear and just choose what's my next step. And my next mm. step was that I decided to leave my corporate job, even though it was really hard. It took me nine months to make that decision because oh, of wow. the safe. Yeah, because of the safe income, every time I would submit my resignation, they would increase my salary. And I was like, damn it. <laughs> Why are you not how making you, it easy for me? How did you surrender to that? Like, that must have been a very difficult decision. It was a very, very difficult decision. I asked myself one question. I said, by the end of my life, when I look back, would I rather say, I wish I pursued this and see what would have happened or to say that at least I've tried? Oh, Sara, that's so beautiful. Yeah, at least I've tried. You know what? Because I, I was like, maybe I'm going to try to just like branch out and do my own business. Maybe it's going to work out. Maybe it wouldn't. But and by it the might end not. of yeah. And it might not. At and least you tried. Exactly. Like literally being on my deathbed, looking back at my life. What do I want to actually look back at? Me trying yeah. or me saying, I wish I tried. Wow. That is, that is such a powerful thing powerful thing to say honestly like I could not agree more with you life is all about taking choice making choices making decisions and taking that leap of faith yeah and you know what Nav's like we we owe that to ourselves to try because if you don't try you'll never know and I remember like, why do you think like... people are mostly hang on why do you think people this is a very important point because I would, I, I mean, I would say that all my, everyone I know that is in my network is in corporate. They freaking hate their lives. Yeah. But what do you think, <laughs> no, seriously, what do you think is the scary part for people to leave that life? Is it the fact that it's just a solid income that's coming every month or is, what is it? Is it lack of passion? What can it be? It's the safety and security of knowing that you have a paycheck coming into your account by the end of each month. At least that it's was literally that. Yeah, it's I just believe paper. that. Yeah, it was just for, to be honest, at least for me, I don't know, like maybe that's not the story of other people, but for me, it was that. It was the safety and security of knowing that I have a paycheck coming into my account by the end of each month. And to be honest, it was the fear of failure. I was so afraid mm. of, of mm. trying to do this and failing. And what would that mean? And what would that say about me that I would rather just stay in my comfort zone and just like keep it on the side without just like really giving it my all. So I wouldn't say that if it didn't work out, I would say it's because I didn't give it my 100%. But so you know what, Sada? Some of the most successful people in the world always and always share the same exact feedback. They always say, you can never be successful 
unless you've at least failed once in your life. Hundred percent. You know why? Because you tell me what what you I learn. Learned. You yes. learn. You grow, and you get on with it. Thank you. And that was the question I wanted to ask you. Like, look back at your own life. What are the moments that really taught you very important lessons? Are they the All moments the failures. where? Thank All you. The failures. And Thank I'm you. So happy, and I'm so appreciative that I I experienced them because God knows that if I did not, I would have been a miserable person. Um, I'll give you one example. Like when I was in in Montreal, I always thought that I wanted to be a life coach. Yeah. I like people. This is right up my alley. I just wanted to pursue life coaching, and I did it. And I gave it six months of my life. The way I look at it is. I did not really want to do it as a, like a full-time job. The way I looked at it is, okay, what am I learning? What tools am I? I mean, I use a lot of the tools even now when I do my podcasts, which is, you know, you need to be an active listener. You need to be empathetic. You need to be so many tools that teach you how to respond to people and how to be in the present and get to know yourself. Now, towards the end of it, everyone started asking me, okay, so now can we do coaching with you? And I was like, no, not really. I mean, I don't really want to do this. You know, this is not the thing that I see myself doing. And they said, but why did you do it then? And it kind of gave me like internal signals that this was like a failure. But then I thought, no, this is not a failure. This was actually an accomplishment. I exactly. did this for self-development. And next is the next chapter. And exactly. I think this is a very important thing to look at. Exactly. And you know what? Like, I'm, I'm so happy that you actually mentioned this. And to be honest, like kudos on your uh, efforts and on learning all the lessons. And there was something that I, uh, I actually heard once that says you can never look at anyone as a failure if they're trying. As long as someone yes. is trying, as long as someone is trying, I think it was Anas Bukhash or something that I heard that from. As long as you're actually trying, you can never look at anything as a failure. And I, I feel like what you've been through when you actually studied your coaching certificate is exactly what I did when I went to Bali. Because yeah. when I left my corporate job, in this month of me taking that decision to actually take that leap of faith. Uh, you, I, went I, I, you, I went to eat and pray. You went to eat and pray. Exactly. I went to eat and pray and I went to Bali for a month and I did this. I did my 200 hours of yoga, yoga? teacher training yeah. and I yeah. went like vegan for 40 days. And it was the first time in my life. I literally wanted to cleanse everything like physically, mentally and spiritually. And my intention was spiritual liberation. I didn't understand wow. what this means. It was such a huge intention. I was like, this is what's coming through. This is what I'm going to pursue. I went to Bali and then I was like, I'm not here to become a yoga teacher, but I'm here to actually like liberate myself from everything that I feel is still holding me back. That's why I'm telling you, like when you say to your friends or people that know you said, but why did you take that certificate? I feel like that's what sometimes limits us is that we feel like one plus one equals two. And then two. we spend... There's always an outcome. Yeah. Exactly. There's always an outcome. But who said that? my outcome, I needed to be two. Maybe I just want to just do whatever I want because I feel like it's going to teach me something about myself and it's going to help me become a better person. Why does the outcome... You know what the outcome is, Sada? When there's a hidden outcome, it's always, the result is always a 10. You know why? Because you are the end beneficiary and none of these people matter. Exactly. And think about it, Nabs, when you work actually on yourself with yourself, everything else in your life 
And also that is something that I always teach my clients. Everything in your life is an extension of you. So yeah. the, more, the more you work on yourself and the more you are actually developing yourself on the inside, the more that is going to actually show up in the way you do your work, in who you are in relationships, in what and kind of partner. the way you partner, present yourself. The way yeah. you present yeah. yourself, the kind of partner you choose for yourself, the kind of life you choose to live because everything in your life is an extension of you. And that's why yeah. you're the most important project in your life. Yeah. True, true. And now I just want to go back to, um, to the, the work that you're doing right now. And the, the first thing that I wanted to kind of know about the, the, the domain, if you wish, that you're kind of specialized in, I noticed that you're always um, talking or addressing women. Yeah. Is there a reason <laughs> for that? Um, so to be honest, when I first started coaching, I was coaching both men and women Mm. and, uh, you know, your intuition never lies. And there's an inner voice of guidance that's always talking to you, telling you what's, what's for you and what's not for you. And I remember when I was coaching both men and women, I just felt more connected to the woman. I just felt like there's, there's, you know why? Maybe because being a woman and, and by the way, I coached women in the Middle East and I also coached women that are European and American mm-hmm. and like literally women from all over the world. And you would be surprised that all women go through the same things. And we all have the same like internal process that we go through as women, which says mm-hmm. like as, as, a, as a woman, we, we tend to sometimes like question ourselves or we think we need to be givers all the time. Or we believe that we feel guilty if we actually choose to put ourselves as a priority. And I feel like the whole journey of women empowerment and how women find their power and how women actually reach a point where they can actually choose for themselves and use their voice in their own life to say, I want this and I don't want that. That is something I am so passionate about. I just found myself drawn to helping women become more empowered versions of themselves. And when I say that, it's not the feminist movement where I'm against men and monarchy and all no, of no, this. No, no, it's just, it's just your niche. Like, this is what you're passionate exactly. about. Exactly. I'm really passionate about that because I believe that women are such beautiful, magical creatures. And I feel like we have so much power. Like, every human is so beautiful. But for me, my niche became woman because... I was so passionate about that because also like looking at the women around me, I always noticed how, how important it is for a woman to believe in her own power and how not believing in that can actually have a huge impact on your life. Mm. And I think in, 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 in today's time and age, I mean, I'm not going to say sadly, but like, yes, sadly, like it is a man's world. I think women are getting more, outspoken they're getting more you know senior positions in jobs and stuff like that and i think there is a movement that is happening towards changing that perception which i i personally am all for um but yeah i think we need more little soldiers like you to kind of empower these people to to be their best selves Thank you. You know what, Nabs? Because when I look back at the feminist movement, when the first when the when the feminist movement started to actually uh, happen, women. What did they start doing? They started asking for to be equal to men, right? Yeah, yeah. So in the, so in the process of of women, or uh, in the process of me as a woman asking to be equal to a man, I'm subconsciously saying that a man is superior and I want to be equal to him. Yeah, yeah. But the but the process of women asking for their power should not be the equality to man. It should be 
to actually step into their full potential and power as women because uh, th- that's where their power is. It's not in me trying to become a man in a woman's it's body. Not a, it's not about a fight. It's about recognizing and realizing and supporting, you know, human, human beings' best and highest potential. Exactly. You know why? Because when you look at it, like women started dressing like men, like in suits, and we started showing up as men, hiding our emotions, hiding the fact that we are we are sensitive creatures, hiding a huge part of what makes us women in order to be looked at as strong and powerful and equal to man. But the journey yeah. of woman empowerment is is when the woman actually allows herself to rest in the knowing that she is already perfect just being a woman with her vulnerability, with her emotions, with her sensitivity, with her intuitiveness, with with her sexuality, with everything that makes her everything, who she yeah. everything that makes her who she is, and I, I feel like like that's really my passion and that's my mission, and I would love to share that with as many women as possible to just look at themselves in the mirror and say, you know what, I just love be I love the fact that I'm a woman. And it just makes me so powerful that I'm actually a woman. And that doesn't take from the power of man. It just means men are powerful in them being men and women are powerful in them being women. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, Finally, I just want you to, I don't know if you're willing to do that, but like, do you have any story, like a, a very quick story that you would like to share about an experience that you had with someone, a woman, that you really felt made a difference? Um, so actually the first thing that comes to mind is, is this is one of my clients. So I do one-on-one coaching and I do group, group programs and I love Mm -hmm. group programs so much because it also helps women open up in front of each other and be vulnerable and just know that they're not alone. So I remember like one of my clients in the first session in one of my programs, uh, when she first did, when she first started talking, she used to always question herself while talking like she would say something and say oh i'm, I'm sorry i'm sorry like uh, i don't think this apologetic makes sense. yeah like yeah. i'm sorry i'm yeah. sorry i i, I never I, I can never explain myself i'm sorry but i don't know how to communicate and she used to be like doubt herself as she was speaking and yeah. then i remember like when we were talking we were talking about like how you can start building self-trust with yourself and i was talking about something very simple like when you go to them when you go do your nails i want you to choose a color that feels right for you like don't repeat the same color over and over again like just go and try to ask yourself what color do you want to choose and she and she was like oh my god i can never do that like when i go to actually do my nails i have to always like send pictures to my friends like what do you think this or that this or that and it was such a small thing and i remember like down the line when we were actually at the end of the program and she came because uh we like we were in a closing circle everyone was saying like what they learned and she just like stopped and she said you know what i'm gonna say something and I feel like I'm so comfortable now saying out loud. She's like, I love myself now. Wow. And it's made, like now telling you this, I'm getting goosebumps. She's like, I love myself. And she's like, I'm, I'm okay saying that out loud. Like, I love myself now. And, and the tone of voice, like the confidence, the trust in her voice. Then she actually, she's a mom. She actually went and she found something that she loves doing. And she sent me, she's like, oh my God, Sarah, I found this job that I love. She started actually choosing herself. And that helped her become such a beautiful version of herself. And I, I feel like that was a transformational point. And these moments are the moments that I say to myself, you know what? This is why I do what I do. Yeah. And you basically that. help women reach their highest potential. 
Well, I'd love to say that I do. Um, I have actually three pillars that I work with a lot in my coaching practice. I work on self-awareness, which is you becoming aware of yourself. Like, what are my values? What's important to me? Who am I? Like, being becoming aware of this person you're living with inside yourself. And the second one is inner guidance to connect to your own voice of intuition and build that sense of self-trust and self-confidence. And the last one is conscious action. It's when mm. you are actually, when you know yourself, you're connected to your intuition, you start taking conscious action instead of just like random action in your life. So I'd love to believe that through this equation of these three pillars, a woman comes out of that really tapping into her full potential because now she knows herself, she knows she's always guided, she trusts her intuition, and she takes conscious action for whatever the hell she wants to do. And I, mm. be, I would love to believe that, yes, that really helps them I love tap that. into their potential. I love that. And one, one, one last thing. I mean, I, I just don't want to let you go because I just want to keep on talking to you. Like, I, I'm just so enjoying this. Um, I was once uh, reading the, the book that Malala, uh, remember Malala? Yeah. Um, wrote, and I thought that was such a beautiful, such a beautiful book. Um, and she was saying that you, you empower, what was it that she said? You empower women with a pencil or something like that. It was, her message was, you educate a woman, you educate a nation. And when it comes to education, uh, forget about, you know, um, a woman being adults. Like, let's go back to how you can get to the root of things and how you can empower young girls to become young, conscious adult women that can make all the righteous de decisions in their lives. How important is it, do you think, to kind of start tapping into schools and education and going into that field from a very young stage so that people can reach their highest potential? Oh, that's such a powerful question. I love this question so much. Um, the first thing that came to my mind, children, little girls and boys, but to allow children to choose for themselves. Because ever since we're children, everyone chooses for you. They choose for you what to wear, what colors go together, what to say, what not to say. You go to school, you, they, they choose for you what subjects you want to study. And mm. it's like there's, there's no space for a child to sit with himself and just choose for himself. So I would just say maybe start with that. It's something very small, but it has a major, major, massive impact on your child when they come to you and they say, I want to wear this. And you say, yeah, choose for yourself. And when they say, mm. I don't want to eat that, say, okay, then choose. What do you want to eat? And then when they say, I want to play with this and I don't want to play with that, say, yeah, okay, why? Like to actually allow children, maybe even in schools, to have a class that's called critical thinking. We can create a curriculum called one of the class choices. Exactly. Like, exactly. What are the choices? Like critical thinking for you to actually think for yourself. You know, I'm, I'm actually listening to a book. It's called Dewitting the Devil. And it talks about like how how the, the, the most most important superpower humans can have for themselves is the power to think for themselves. Yeah. And I and believe that's how your journey started. By exactly. It's by thinking for yourself. So I believe like if we start early in schools to actually teach children how to think for themselves and have a class maybe where there's no curriculum, a class where they can sit with themselves and with their own thoughts and then create something from that. 
Because if we're always filling their cups, they wouldn't have space to explore themselves. And now you look at children, they have school and extracurriculum activities and they come home maybe by 6, 6.30. So they're so exhausted, exhausted. they just want to sleep. Because the parents don't want to do with them. Like, they don't want to have to do anything to do with them. Exactly. But like when you look at Finland and how they're changing the schooling system, they're actually making school hours shorter because they say children need to have space. Children need yeah. to be bored because when yeah. you're bored and when you're sitting with your thoughts, that's when you start actually listening to your out. own self and thinking for your own self. Yeah. yeah. You know, Sada, I, I grew up in Sweden. I don't know if I mentioned that to you. And I remember in, in school when we were in primary school, There was always um, a 30-minute meditation. I didn't even know what a meditation was. Oh, I um, love that. Yeah, and we used to literally sit in a quiet space in the middle of, you know, a normal school day and just have a meditation. Um, and I always found that very, very, uh, it recharged me in a lot of ways. And I think there's a lot of things that can be adapted into um school curriculums, because I think this is one of the major pinnacle stages of a human being's development phase where they can actually become empowered at a really young age that can help them uh, set a structure for their the later part of their life. Yeah, and to be honest and fair to schools now, some schools now are actually starting to do that and they have mindfulness yeah. classes, yeah. which is wonderful and it's great and it shows the importance of that but I feel like we can have even a larger emphasis on this part because it's still very curriculum focused but if yeah. we allow ourselves to actually create that and it starts at the home too like it's at school but also it's at home to actually it's teach it's yeah. everything and children are like sponges too, so they take everything from you it's like monkey see monkey do they're going to see you doing something and it's going to actually help them download that information for themselves and be like oh Maybe I can do this too. So I believe like it's home and school at the same time. And it's about creating space for them to choose and think for themselves. Absolutely. Sara, um, I mean, we can, we can probably go on and on for hours. <laughs> we can. I, I am very conscious that, you know, you know we're, we're at like, I don't know, 50 something minutes. Listen, let's, um, let's just say, I just want to say thank you for, you know, giving me your time, giving the audience your time. I want to ask you for a favor and you need to promise me that you're going to say yes. Of course. Go ahead. We're going to have so many more sessions. I want to talk <laughs> to you about so many different topics. I was writing so many, like I, I wrote a few comments about a certain topics. So if you are up for it, I would love to have you back on the show and I would love to speak more to you. You are such a ray of light. Ah, oh, thank you so much, so much, so much. I literally have a smile on my face right now. <laughs> I, I have really, a smile on my soul. I do, because it was such a beautiful conversation. It will be an honor for me to come back and let's talk about everything you want to talk about. And just thank you. Thank you for having me on this space. Thank you for everyone you, that's going to listen. You. Thank you, Nams. Thank it's you. been a pleasure. And just literally. to keep you guys in the loop, one of the things that I've been literally trying to convince Sada and I think we're going to do it. I'm trying to convince her because she's such a good speaker to start her own podcast. Stay <laughs> tuned for that. Once it's Yay. up, I will inform or she'll inform you for one of the episodes and uh, yeah. And stay tuned for that. Yay. Can't wait. Thank you. Thank you, Sada. I'll speak to you soon. Bye-bye. Take care. Bye. I'm Naps, and you have been listening to Fulfilled, the podcast. Join me next week for another Fulfilled conversation. Feel free to subscribe, rate, 
and review this podcast. Thank you for listening.